so thankful for everything that the Lord is doing and, and the momentum um, that we have. I want to read a few verses of scripture out of Romans chapter 10. And uh, many of these scriptures are going to be familiar to you. And the subject topic is going to be uh, familiar to you as well. Uh, but I'm not teaching from old notes. These are things that the Lord dropped in my spirit throughout the day today. I spent all day in my office. And the topic that we're going to cover tonight, you can preach this from now to Jesus comes. But until you see the full results of it, you have to continue to tweak and to move forward and and um, and let the Lord give us more revelation. So I'm going to teach from a question tonight, and the question is, what is faith? And in Romans chapter 10, in verse 14, Paul said, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Believed, And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And so the, the topic of that verse 14 is believing. Meaning that, that if we have the word of God and we do not hear the word of God and there is not someone to preach the word of God, then believing is, is going to be absent from the world. Verse 15, And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord... Who hath believed our report? Now I don't know if you caught that there. They have not all, they have not all obeyed the gospel. But Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? The gospel is out there, but we have to believe it. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And I want to talk to you tonight from a question, what is faith? Now, it can be dissected much more than I'm going to dissect it tonight, but I do want to make a few key points about faith. First of all, I want you to imagine for a moment that we live in a world with no doctors, no credit cards, no credit agencies, no banks, there's, there's no safety nets for a lack of faith. So where is that going to leave you? If you're, where your faith is presently, if we lived in a world where we were completely dependent upon God, where would our faith be at this very moment? That's an important question because the way the Bible describes the last days, 
it is possible that we will have limited access to some of those very things. And we have just seen the test of our faith here in the last uh, year and a half to two years. Now, I don't want to cross any philosophical uh, lines tonight. I, I don't want to bring an offense to anybody. Uh, my purpose is to preach the word of God. I'm not up here uh, speaking propaganda and, and sharing propaganda. I'm, I'm just in the word of God tonight. But, but we have to get back to being completely dependent upon him and living without question and without confusion and what ifs. And I don't know if it's the will of God. And I'm not sure that, you know, God will do this. And we want to establish some of these things tonight. First off, I want you to understand that God's primary role to you is as a father. There's not a father in this world that is going to be a better father than God to you. Do you believe that? And there's not a father in this world that is going to sit by his son or daughter's bedside and say, I want you to stay sick just a little longer or a lot longer. I need, I need to test you. I need that fever to be cranked up a little bit more. I love seeing you sick. I love seeing you in pain. Oh, I'm just getting a kick out of seeing you writhe in pain and suffering and sorrow. They say, well, wait a minute. The Bible does tell us that we will have to suffer some things. And it does tell us that we will have to go through trials and through valleys and through tribulations. That is correct. But sickness is not one of those. Persecution is one. And, you know, trusting God for financial things in certain seasons is one. Uh, dealing with emotional uh, swings is is one and and having enemies is one and coming under the attack of the enemy that's that's one but the Lord did not hang on a cross for our sins transgressions and our diseases to test us with sickness when he's already provided the remedy for us okay now, I may have lost some of you right there, but it's okay. We'll go a little further. The whole purpose of preaching is to produce faith in the hearers. Is that right? So that's what we do is get up here every week. Every week we're preaching. Whether it's conviction or judgment or joy or peace or whatever, the word in some way, it builds faith in those that hear, that's the objective. Now, Lord, imagine the Lord giving us a commission to preach the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and and then get up here and say, "Now, that's the gospel, but it doesn't always produce what it should produce." How in the world does that build faith if you preach the gospel with a question mark at the end of it? The gospel was given to us to restore to us everything that humanity lost because of sin. Is that right? Okay. So 
It is to produce faith in the hearer. So faith in who? Faith in God. The whole point is to get you to believe what the word says. This is what preaching and teaching is. We are up here as fallible instructors, instructors of the infallible word of God. Our job is to preach and teach and give instruction on what the word says to get the hearers to believe exactly what the word says. Imagine us giving a caveat to everything in the word. By his stripes, we are healed sometimes. By his stripes, we are healed if you're not being tested by sickness. Or that, you know, if you have fasted for the last 21 days. Or if you pray three hours a day. Or you, you read your Bible, uh, you know, two or three times a day. There are, no, there are no caveats there. The one element that must be in place is the element of faith. But unless you believe that God is going to respond to his word. Jesus in the wilderness was being tempted of the devil. And three times he responded to the devil, it is written. We have to respond to our challenges with the word. And we have to respond to the devil with our word or with his word. Now, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 30, Jesus, these are the words of Jesus. And he's talking on the subject of really what we call today anxiety. He said, wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Now, I'm going to tell you something. The Lord never one time rebuked anybody for having too much faith. But many times in the scripture, he rebuked them for having little faith or having no faith. The Lord is never going to give a rebuttal to you for having too much faith. Now, now I'm tired of you talking to me about your sickness and illness, and you just got too much faith, and I'm sick of it. You're never going to get that kind of rebuke from the Lord. He is looking for faith. Now, I've often said this, that if, as long as there's an ounce of doubt, there's not enough faith. You must believe in the will of God and the word of God. The word of God is the will of God and the will of God is the word of God. And if you don't believe what the word of God says, the will of God cannot be done in your life. So he rebuked them for having little faith. In other words, worrying about whether the Lord's going to take care of us. Well, we got rising gas prices. Well, we have, you know, we have, we got a bill that we didn't expect. Oh, Lord, I know that we've got this. Uh, you know, $600 bill from the IRS. What in the world are you going to do about this? And we're wringing our hands. God is not wringing his hands. He's just looking for faith. God's going to take care of us. In Matthew chapter 8 and verse 26, he talks on the subject of fear. He, say, he saith unto them, why are ye so fearful, O ye of little faith? And then he arose and rebuked the winds and the waves, and there was a great calm. Now, you can type that to the storms in your life. What are the storms? The storms are anything that are adversarial in your life, anything that is rocking the boat, anything that is moving against your life. He said, why are ye so 
fearful. Okay. Now, I, I'm going to just say a few things right here in this context. I'm not, I'm not meaning to be offensive. I'm just staying in the word. I have a responsibility to make sure that if the world goes into another situation, that everybody knows exactly how they're supposed to react according to the word of God. Okay, I'm not, I'm not being ugly, but not what somebody else is saying on social media. Not what the government is telling you we need to do. Or not, not what another preacher out there is telling you to do. I'm the shepherd of this flock. The sheep know the voice of the shepherd. Now, I'm not, I'm not infallible, but the word of God is infallible. So when crisis comes, I don't look to politicians, and, and, I, and I don't look to somebody out, out there. I'm going to the Word of God. I, I'm, not, I'm not seeking advice from a counselor. I'm not, I'm not you know, and I'm not against that. I'm just saying I'm not seeking that kind of advice, and, and I'm not seeking it from a friend of mine. I'm not, I'm not trying to get it from, you know, some other source or some newsletter or some email that comes out. I'm not, I'm not getting my answers from there. I want to know what the Word of God says to do. And the Bible tells me that if I'll be obedient unto him, he said, no plague shall come nigh to thy dwelling. That means whether you're gathering or not gathering. You ought to praise God for that one. Yeah. Now... Here, here is, here's, here's what happens. Here's what happens. Situations happen and tragedies happen. There was a lot of bad things that happened, horrible things, things that nobody wants to see happen. But we, we, we compound the problem by saying that was a tragedy and it happened to them. That makes me fearful. No. I want to know what the Word of God says. This is what the word says. So I, I can't explain why bad things happen to good people. I can't explain why so-and-so, you know, uh, got sick or so-and-so passed away. I can't, I can't explain all that. What I want to know is what, because I'm still here and you're still here. So I can't get up here and, and preach caution to you. This pulpit is not, is not meant to preach caution unless it's, hey, you're fixing to run off a cliff, you need to stop. Or, hey, you keep doing that and you're going to hell. That kind of caution. But not, but not things that God said we should not be fearful of. Fear, fear is an indication of either no faith or little faith. Is that okay? In Matthew chapter 14 and verse 30, it said, But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid... And, begin, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Now, of course, this is Peter walking on the water. Immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Now, I looked up doubt, and I could give you the, the uh, Greek definition or whatever, but I looked it up in the dictionary, and it means to be uncertain. Doubt. To be uncertain about, consider questionable or unlikely, to hesitate to believe. Are you listening? These are powerful, this is a powerful definition of doubt. It means to distrust, to distrust. Who are we distrusting? 
when we don't have faith. To distrust, to regard with suspicion. To be apprehensive about. To be uncertain about something. To be undecided in opinion or belief. To be undecided. Okay. That is a powerful word. To be undecided. I got to make up my mind what it is I'm going to believe. I can't, I can't be halting. I can't be hesitating. A double-minded man is unstable, not in some of his ways, but in all of his ways. If you have doubt, are you listening? If you have doubt in your life, then you have doubt in all of your life. If you're uncertain about the Word of God, then you're uncertain about everything. If you're uncertain about something that God will or will not do, then you're uncertain about everything that God will or will not do. Understanding God that he is sovereign and that he is first of all our heavenly father. He cares deeply about what happens to us. He cares deeply about it. He's concerned about it. He does not take joy in in watching us suffer with a pancreas that won't work. Joints that have arthritis, deteriorated uh, disc and uh, vertebrae and pinched nerves and Cancer and disease and all those kind of things. He does, not, he does not take joy in that. Now, we if, if faith was so simple, then, then we would have miracles just coming out of our ears. Just all over the world, we would see miracle after miracle after it just miracles would be the you know the, the meal of the day. It would be just happening constantly if faith was so simple. This is not a God problem. It's a faith problem. Now, what happens is, uh, right now, there's a war going on in the world. Now, you can just trust this one thing. Yes, there are bombs going off. There are literally bombs going off, okay? We've got evidence of that. We've, we've heard from people on the ground, all right? We... we we know that there is some kind of conflict that is going on. But the agenda behind it, behind it we don't know. We don't know what that is. We, we don't know the end game. We don't know where this is leading. We don't know what it's going to turn into. We do know that the scripture prophesies of um, some horrific events. Now, I'm not saying this is it. I'm just saying at some point, the Bible prophesies of some horrific events you can't be undecided in times like that. You're going to have to decide right now. Okay, let, let me ask you a question. How many of you feel like you're reasonably healthy in your body? I mean, you feel good tonight. Okay, you might have, you know, something you need to work on or whatever. You might have, you know, something, you know, a need that doesn't, whatever, work like it used to. Let me see your hands again. You feel reasonably healthy. Okay. Do you believe it's the will of God in the next 30 minutes for you to become deathly sick? No. Then why do we have trouble believing when we are sick that the Lord will reverse that? We don't believe it's the will of God for him to reverse our health or allow our health to be reversed. But it's when we get sick that we have a problem because our mind, we get to reasoning. We feel the aches and pains. We have the symptoms in our body. We've got, we've got the symptoms, the, the, the pain or whatever it is that, is that is constantly bombarding our mind. It gets in our mind. 
So when we pray, the only thing we can focus on is the symptoms. And then if we pray and the symptoms persist, then God must not have done it. But faith is a decision. It's a decision. I believe in the spoken word of God. I'm not, I'm trying to move on from this point. But when you speak, I feel something all over me right now. When you speak the word of God and it connects with faith, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you say amen, that means I believe that. Let it be so. I believe that. And I'm not just saying it with my lips. I'm saying it with my heart and my spirit. I believe that. Let it be so. What you're saying is, if the Lord is a healer, let it be so. Let him touch my body right now. There's an amen in my spirit right now. Let healing come right now. I've decided that I'm not going to doubt. Now, at that moment, at that moment, if the symptoms persist, does it make your faith any less? Don't answer that. Don't answer that. Does it make it any less? That's going to be up to you to decide. Because if you then begin to listen to the voice of the symptoms and you say, well, God must not have done it, that's called doubt. That's called hesitating. The faith is in the word of God. Faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's, it's in God and it's in his word. You can't separate the two. But this is where faith comes from. It's not, I'm not waiting for symptoms to go away to make sure that I have faith. No, my faith is in the word. When I believe the word, it's forever settled. It's done. It's done. It's done. What is faith? What is faith? Now, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 7, the Bible talks about the element of of understanding and, and experience. We gain faith by experience. We gain faith by understanding. They reasoned among themselves. Everybody say reasoned. We've got too much reasoning going on today. They reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. Now, this is disciples on the boat and... and, um, There's some conflict there, and they're trying to figure out why. Which when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves? Now, there are conversations with one another that reason it goes on. We've got to quit counseling with one another before we get in the word and go to prayer. And get a word from the Lord. Hey, what do you think about this? Hey, what do you think we should do? Well, what do you think is going to happen next? What, what are we going to do? Should we gather or should we not gather? Should we do this? Should we not do this? What does the word say? What are you hearing in prayer? They reason among themselves. When Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves? Because ye have brought no bread. Do you not yet, do you not yet understand? Don't you guys understand yet? We just fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. Is that what happened? And now you're on the boat thinking that I have a trouble, trouble with bread. I just showed you 
What he's saying is, if I did it once, I can do it again. That ain't the issue here. Do you not yet understand? I wonder if the Lord is asking the, the church of the living God that right now. Do you not yet understand? Neither remember. I'm talking about understanding and experience. Anybody remember a miracle that the Lord has done for you? Anybody remember a five loaves and two fishes moment in your life where it got to a place there wasn't just there wasn't enough to go around. All of a sudden it just started multiplying and a miracle was done. If he did it once, he'll do it again. That's what Jesus is saying. Do you not yet understand? Neither remember. Come on, let's get our memory going. If the Lord's done it before, he will do it again. The Lord is going to do miracle signs and wonders in these last days far beyond what we could ever imagine. He said, do you not remember the five loaves and the, the 5,000, the 5,000, how many baskets you took up? Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17, in the New Living Translations, you may be asking why I changed my plan, Paul said. Do you think I make my plans carelessly? Do you think I am like people of the world who say yes when they really mean no? As surely as God is faithful, our word to you does not waver between yes and no. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. He is the one whom Silas, Timothy, and I preach to you. It's the same Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And as God's ultimate yes, he always does what he says. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. The Lord does not put a promise in this book right here that he fulfills by statistical analysis and percentage. Why don't we just get up here and preach on a Sunday night? There's a 30% chance that God's going to heal you tonight. <laughs> 12% of all that are sick tonight are going to be healed. Praise God. Praise his holy name. No, because he's not a respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. Amen. Well, how come everybody doesn't get healed? Because we're still asking that question. Well, how come God doesn't heal all the time? Because we're still asking that question. There is nothing in his word that gives us any right or indication to ask that question. Well, what, what, what causes miracles? That, that we're still asking that question. Well, is that only for certain ministries? We're still, no. These signs shall follow them that believe. We, we don't have a problem. If a person walked in here, my Lord have mercy. If a person walked in here possessed with a legion of devils, would any of you just stand by and say, well, they can just keep their devils. I don't think it's the will of God for them to be delivered. You'd be jumping up on top of chairs and screaming and spitting and flopping around and rolling across the front of the building, attacking devils and rebuking devils and everything else. Because you know it's not his will that any should perish. And you know that it's not the will of God for people to be demon-possessed. 
Amen. Now, you, you're going to pray for them with everything in you to, to get that person delivered. Now, there's too many people that don't know how to cast devils out of people. I've had preachers tell me they send demon-possessed people or people that act, you know, they have schizophrenia and stuff like that. They send them to counselors. What a reproach upon the body of Christ. Jesus said, if I cast out devils among you, then is the kingdom of God come to you. The kingdom of God is supposed to cast out devils out of people, out of this world, out of society, out of cities, out of communities, to bind and to loose. It's called spiritual warfare. We know that's the will of God. Amen. But you let a person walk in here with cancer, and we'll, man, we'll be looking at them all pitiful. Oh, you poor soul. Oh, that's hard. Oh, that's so bad. Oh, how much time did they give you? How, how bad did they say? Well, what are they going to do? Are they going to give you chemotherapy and all that kind of stuff? Not trying to be sarcastic. That's what we do. We act pitiful. When what we should be saying is, well, praise God, you're about to get a miracle. The Lord's about to take that cancer and move it out of your body. Come on, the world needs the church. The world needs some believers. Somebody that are, some people that are bold in the Holy Ghost. Amen. So we have to make up in our minds. We've got to decide right now what we believe about the Word of God. Not, not what we've seen, what we believe. Not the statistics, but what we believe. If you've ever read anything about uh, Smith Wigglesworth, I, I'm not here to defend him if there's anything out there that's floating around that would be scandalous about him, but there's, there's no doubt that there were literally tens of thousands of documented miracles in his ministry. I don't think there's anything scandalous, but, but um, if you've read any of his books, you read in there that there were times that, that he prayed for people and nothing happened. There was a time that he prayed for um, a, a little girl or a woman or somebody that, that had been laying in the bed for months. They were in a coma and he prayed and just nothing, nothing happened. And instead of just walking out of the room and saying, well, we're just going to keep on believing. He knelt right there at the bedside and began to pray. And he prayed for days. And said, Lord, I'm not getting up from this spot until you heal her, until you do a miracle in her body. And, of course, you know what happened. The Lord did heal her. The Lord raised her up. Amen. We are too easily dissuaded by symptomatic things because we're afraid of our own reputation. Amen. Am I still in the Bible? 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 13, if we believe not... Yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. If you choose not to believe, then that's up to you. But the Lord cannot change his nature. Healing is not something he does, it's what he is. He is the healing. The Lord cannot change his nature. And if you get the Lord in the middle of something, it's going to change because his nature is moving his spirit is moving it just may be that we didn't stay in the presence of God long enough I, I'm going to tell you if I could just stir something up in somebody tonight we, we're in a crisis of faith 
We've got all kind of voices that are going back and forth. And I, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I have all the answers. But I am never going to tell somebody that it's not the will of God for them to be healed. Because that's not what the word of God says. Every time I see in my mind the stripes on the back of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm not going to look at somebody and say those stripes are not for you. You're not part of the lucky percentage of people that are going to be healed. But it's more than healing in our body. It's a faith thing. It's whether the economy rises or falls. It's whether war breaks out. Amen. We're not worrying about nuclear war that's coming to the world because we've got a Savior. and We've got a God that knows how to help us in times of trouble. The Lord sent one angel to one army of a heathen nation and wiped out the whole army. I'm going to tell you, the Lord knows how to take care of his people. If we don't have those kind of benefits, uh, then what are we doing here? Oh, clap your hands and give him praise. Come on. We're not here to fear. We're not here to have anxiety. We're not people of little faith. We are people of greater faith. Amen. Now let's go a little further. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast. Everybody put your hand up like this. Now, clo close your fist. Now I want you to just close it just as tight as you can. Just, just as tight as you can. Hold fast the profession of your faith without wavering. Without wavering. Without wavering. Regardless of what anybody says, I'm not wavering. What, regardless of what happens to anybody else around me, I'm not wavering. Re regardless of, of what happens in the world, I'm not wavering. That's right. You better know it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not wavering. I can't afford to waver. I've got my feet planted. I'm flat-footed. I'm telling this stuff to you flat-footed, and I don't apologize for it. This is the word of God, and it's forever settled, for he is faithful that promised he promised this to us. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11 and 12. Through faith also. Uh, through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. What a powerful statement. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how this is going to happen. <laughs> I don't. I mean, she laughed. She laughed, but somewhere in there, she had faith. And that faith gave her strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful. She judged God faithful. People got judged God every day. He's either faithful or he's unfaithful. She judged him faithful who had promised, therefore sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead, that's Abraham, so as many the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable because of one man and one woman's faith. A child was born. A promise was born. His name was Isaac, which means laughter. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful. Now let's talk about this a minute. 
He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, when you ask the Lord to forgive you and you repent when you've done something wrong or if you're a sinner and you're repenting of all of your sins, what evidence do you have that the Lord forgave you? That's right, but you've got to have faith to believe that because that's his word. You don't have any evidence. There's no proof that God forgave you. Well, what if this sin was so big he didn't forgive me this time? There's people that live under that. That's called condemnation. And the scripture speaks against condemnation. Let me just tell you, anything that waters down your faith is condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. There is no evidence that God forgives you except for his word. But you've got to have faith in his word. So faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You can't see forgiveness. You have to have faith to receive it. The healing of people's bodies is not any less of a faith connection than believing that the Lord has forgiven you. In John chapter 20 and verse 27, then saith he to Thomas, reach hither thy finger and behold, I love this, behold my hands and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless, but believing. Okay, the Lord is standing right in front of him. But he's like, I, I, I must be seeing things. That's called doubt. The Lord speaks something to you. That must be my imagination. That's called doubt. He said, be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord and my God. There was a revelation that came. We need that revelation that he is our Lord and our God. You know what a God is? It's a God. Like he's a God. Like literally he is a God. Like he's not a human. He's a God. He's the only God. The stuff that we think is hard. <laughs> he was doing that billions of years before creation there, there's there's nothing there's nothing hard for him we say there's nothing too hard for him there's nothing hard for him there's not anything remotely difficult for him there's not anything that is not just absolutely just oh well there it is i just whatever i just fixed it just like that all he's got to do is think it open his mouth and speak it he, he is our Lord and he is our God. He does the things that are impossible with man. If it's impossible, get ready because God is about to do a miracle in your life. If the doctors say it can't be cured, go ahead and dance and rejoice because he's about to cure it. I wish somebody would get excited about that. Amen. Now Jesus said that him, Thomas... Because thou hast seen, thou hast believed. 
Well, Lord, if I could just see it, I would believe it. <laughs> Duh. I hope so. But Thomas didn't believe it when he saw it. He said, unless I take my hand and thrust it through the hole in your side, then I will not believe. He said, be not faithless, but believing. And he said, Thomas, you're blessed because you have seen, and yet thou hast believed, but blessed are they that they uh, are they that have not seen and yet believed. The Lord understands that we are believing in things that we cannot touch, we cannot hear, we cannot see. Amen. It is invisible. He knows there's nothing in the five senses that can tell us that it happened. So somewhere in there, and I've told you all the time, the, the five senses, you got the taste, smell, touch, and and, and all that kind of stuff, the five senses. Then the soul is made up of the mind, the will, and the emotions. The spirit is made up of faith that empowers the conscience and the intuition. Faith is the foundation. It is the core of the spirit. you got to reach down in your spirit. You don't need to feel goosebumps. The, the preacher doesn't need to be breathing on you. He doesn't need to be throwing his coat at you. You don't have to pass out. You don't have to flop around on the floor. Now, you can do all of that. You can do all that. The power of God hits you and you respond that way, so be it. But you can receive a miracle standing with your hands lifted praising him. The miracle does not need emotion. It does not need goosebumps, and it does not need to be felt. What it needs is the word of God to be spoken. In Acts chapter 26 and verse 8, we're nearing a close here. Why should it be thought a thing incredible with you that God should raise the dead? That's King James Version. Incredible, meaning not credible. Why? Do people continually try to discredit the miraculous? Oh, God, if it be your will. It is. Stop saying that. Lord, if it be your will, because I know my suffering is bringing people to Jesus. I love that one. The Lord is just, he loves me so much. He is just beating my ever-living brains out. My body's just got 27 diseases, and everybody that comes around me gets real sad and cries and looks at me and just feels sorry for me. But a sinner was moved because I'm going through this. No, the sinner feels sorry for you, and they're trying to say anything about God around you, but they don't know what to say. So they just said, maybe I'll go to church with them or something. They feel sorry for you. Your sickness is not winning souls. That's not Bible. Now, if the Lord heals you of those 27 diseases, that'll win a soul right there. Yeah. You're not God's martyr. Just because you have no faith, don't, don't try to turn it into something spiritual. Now, we all understand that faith and trust. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be ugly. 
I'm not talking to anybody in here. We all understand. I'm really not. I don't know anybody in here like that. We all understand that faith and trust are slightly different, but they are virtually indistinguishable. Faith and trust. So as I asked you before, the, the million dollar question is, do you trust God with your health? Do you trust God with your health? You get up every morning, and Lord, I'm thankful for my health. I only have this because of you. It sure ain't because of the cheeseburgers I eat. It's because of you. I thank you, Lord, for my health. I'm not talking about gluttony. That's something different. Now, if you eat three cheeseburgers, that might be it. Yeah. But anyway. But if you don't have faith for healing, do you, do you have faith for your health? To trust him with your health. And if you have faith to trust him with your health, you have faith for healing. If it's not the will of God for you to be healed, then it's the will of God for you to be sick. So let's work on that. Let's go ahead and get sick. Because it's either or. It's either the will of God for you to be sick or it's the will of God for you to be healthy. Which is it? And if it's, will, if it's not the will of God for you to be healthy, then let's get as sick as we can because I want to be in the will of God. I'm sorry, did I lose you right there? I'm being serious. There's, there's no middle ground. God's not up there keeping medical charts on people. That, oh, I was going to heal this one, but I forgot. It's not my will for them to be healed. Forgot. They got about another year and a half of misery to go through, and they need to be just spending tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars that they can't afford and going bankrupt and broke and all that kind of stuff, and their, their children are going without and their families going without because it's the will of God for them to be sick. Come on, folks. God is love. He is love. He, does, he hates sin, but he loves the sinner. He loved the sinner so much that he died for them when they were living in sin. That's how much God loves humanity. If he loves the lost, certainly he loves the saint. Right? The Lord cares so, so very deeply for us and about us. I'm getting there. Now, faith, faith is the result of teaching. Faith is the result of preaching. It comes from the word of God. Knowledge is an essential element of all faith and is sometimes spoken of as the equivalent of faith. A lot of times you see truth and faith in the same, same context. You cannot believe what you do not know. And the reason that so many people have so much trouble with God and faith is because they don't know God. They don't understand what the word of God says, and they're looking at the statistics around us. In John chapter 10 and verse uh, 20, uh, 38, but if I do, though you believe not, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in you. If you, don't, if you don't know who I am, at least you can believe the works that I do that you may know who I am and have a revelation of me. 
Now, there are two distinguishable. These are uh, two, two distinguished in respect that faith includes in it an ascent. It is an ascending toward God. It's an ascending into the truth. You've got to hear this here. Faith causes us to ascend into the truth. Paul said we go from faith to faith. Your faith has to grow. When you pray and something doesn't happen, it ought to make you want to pray harder, separate more, and get closer to God so that the next time you pray that, that it's going to happen. That is not a no from God. That is a problem with our faith. We have to work on our faith. And to work on your faith, you have to get into you have to get into the truth. Faith takes you into the truth. It doesn't take you further away from the truth. Faith takes you closer to God. It doesn't drive you further away from God. Amen. This is so, so very, very important. We are people. We are people of faith. We're people of faith. Now, we're going to pray here in just a moment. And we're going to pray... We're going to pray for our faith. And in order to work on our faith, we're going to have to. We're going to have to get rid of our questions. Now. I stand up here, a human being just like you. I struggle with thoughts in my mind, just like you struggle with thoughts in your mind. But you need to understand that the devil is a master of fear. Now, I'm not against the medical field. My wife was an RN. Okay? I think the medical field does some, some very good things. Um, I also think they do some bad things. That's why medical malpractice is the, is the third or fourth leading cause of death in America. Because just human beings. Just human beings. We're not perfect. and I'm not, So I'm not downing the medical field. But what I, what I am saying is... They only operate by statistics. They, they can only see what's, what's on that x-ray. They can only see what the test puts out. They can only say, well, the last time we saw this, in the last 100 or 200 people, 60% um, of them made it, but 40% of them died. That's all they can do. They're smart, but that's all they can do. God, God doesn't need any of that kind of stuff. So the enemy uses stuff like that. He uses percentages and statistics. Oh, am, am I part of the 10 that didn't make it? Is that, is that going to be is that gonna be me? Uh, only 10% you know, died. Maybe I'm part of the 10%. Because the enemy, the enemy starts working on our minds with that. We did it for so-and-so, but he didn't, he didn't do it for me. And you know, I'm just not as good a saint as them. No, it's, it's in the word of God. There has to be something in us. You know, hey, if you got a problem and it's persistent, it's concerning you, I'm not, I'm not here to preach against doctors and tell you what to do. But don't you dare put more stock in what they tell you when you go than what the Word of God says. If they look at you with that sad look and say, well, this is concerning. Well, this is really, I, you know, I don't, we, we need to do some more tests. And they give you the doctor look. All of a sudden, your heart's sinking. You've got that sick feeling in your stomach. Fear comes on you. Turmoil comes on you. Okay? You understand, I'm not mocking people. I'm not making fun of people. 
This, this, is, this, is, this is just reality. This is the way it is. Do what you need to do, but don't you dare put more stock in what man says than what the doctor, I mean, than what Jesus says in the word of God. Amen. So I'm, and that's, and that's with everything. Whatever you hear on the news, don't you dare put more faith in Fox and CNN and MSNBC and any other news outlet out there than what the word of God says. The word says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. The word says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower with a righteous run in and they are safe. Amen. The Lord said, if you keep my commandments, I will put none of the sicknesses upon you that I put upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. The Lord is our healer. The Lord is our strong tower. He's a way maker. Amen. When we get a revelation of him, I feel my help right now. Come on, I'm preaching faith to this place. I'm closing the lesson. But there is a moving of the spirit here. And regardless of what happens next, you know, along this time, and it's, everybody's trying to prophesy. Man, all we need is a little crisis, and everybody's going to prophesy the conclusion. Well, here's what I think it means. Well, this is what the Lord spoke to me. Yeah, it's the opposite of what these other ten prophets over here are saying. And then, and then it's the opposite. Of, but, you know, if you hear the same thing being said by credible men, that's called the truth. It was being prophesied by credible prophetic ministries. Not self-proclaimed, but credible prophetic ministries. You know the sound of the truth when you hear it. But the rest of this stuff is fear-mongering. And the enemy uses the voice of false prophets to put fear in people. And I'm preaching tonight that God is going to be with us in every situation. That's today. That's five years from now. He's going to be with us. We don't have to worry about China. We don't have to worry about North Korea. We don't have to worry about Iran. We don't have to worry about Russia. We don't have to worry about Vladimir Putin. We don't have to worry about the one world government. The Lord is with us now and five years from now. Come on. If you believe that, you ought to praise him and you ought to tell the Lord tonight, I've got faith. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Don't let people speak fear into your life. Oh, hallelujah. Why don't you lift your hands? Why don't you lift your hands? And I want, I want you to just begin to tell the Lord, God, increase our faith. The disciples prayed that. Increase our faith. I'm scared to pray that because, you know, I, I know there's some things that might have to test my faith. Well, so be it. The Lord's going to be with you anyway. He's going to be with you in the test. He'll be with you on the mountaintop. He'll be with you in the valley. He's with you in the desert. He's with you by the streams of living water. He leads you beside the still waters. He'll restore your soul in every situation. Come on, I know it's Thursday night, but I want you to lift your voice. And I want you to tell him, God, my faith is in you. My trust is in you. I've got faith in you. I believe in the word of God. I don't believe in the statistics. I don't believe in the fear of this area. God, we're not shutting the church down. We're not gonna, we're not gonna stop meeting in person, God. We're not gonna forsake the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is. But we're going to do it more and so much more as we see that day approaching, God, because we're not people of fear. We're people of faith. We're people of faith, Lord God. Your hand is on us. The glory of God is on us. Come on, let's pray for a moment. I can't hear you. 
Let's pray for a moment. You're a mighty child of God. You're a mighty saint of God. The hand of God's on you. Oh, Jesus, I praise you. 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 Lord, you're worthy. Come on, praise him. He's the only, he's the only wise and living God. He has all power. His power is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. Hallelujah. Our confidence is in you, Lord God, regardless of what the voices out there say. His truth marches on. Your word is in us, oh God. Help us, Lord, to stop our ears to everything that the enemy says. Help us, Lord, to stop our ears, oh Lord Jesus. Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I, I want to issue a challenge to this church. I want to issue a challenge. Um, we go ahead and cut the live stream. Um, on, on a 